Joshua, get thee up, wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Israel hath sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen, and dissembled 
also, and they have put it among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you any more, except ye destroy the accursed from among you. Good evening, beloved, and welcome to Kingdom Empowerment Radio Incorporated. I am your host for this evening, Chaplain Kevin Graves. I'm with you every second and fourth Monday of each month. Tonight's topic is deliverance from your valley of Acor. Deliverance from your valley of Acor. And as we normally do on uh, every segment, we always start in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to shed light upon your word, Lord, to go deep into scripture. Lord, we ask that, Lord, you would bring revelation, that you would bring insight and, and your spirit into what you're saying to your people in your holy book. We ask that, Lord, you would open up new doors, that you would take us to higher heights in our understanding of scripture, that, Lord Jesus, you would begin to peel away the layers, Lord, of of misunderstanding, Lord, of even sin, Lord, in our lives, Lord, that we would enter into righteousness and holiness. We would enter into this, this new life that you have called us to and that we will not uh, continuously look back to Egypt, Lord, and make, the and make the same mistakes of the past. Lord, we ask that in 2018, Lord, that you would do a new thing in your church, Lord, that you would take us to places where we've never thought we would ever go, that, Lord, you would continue to be magnified and glorified and even expose those areas in our lives, Lord, where we fall short. We thank you for what you're doing for your kingdom on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. We thank you for what you're also about to do. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Happy New Year, my brothers and sisters. I am with you for the first time in 2018. It is once again a pleasure. I want to give uh, all honor to, honor to where honor is due. Uh, Dr. Gani, uh, Happy New Year, and thank you, you and your husband, um, in this uh, new year. And thank you for, again, allowing me to be a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio and what it stands for and its mission statement and, and uh, what we're doing here, folks, uh, for those who are tuning in, even for the first time, I just want to share with you uh, that uh, to be a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio, our focus and our mission statement is to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to you, to bring Jesus to you the way Jesus intended it to be brought to you in the spirit. And this is not a religious program, um, though we talk about scripture and Bible, uh, we ask that the Holy Spirit take over, that the Holy Spirit guide our understanding. And as scripture tells us in Proverbs uh, to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and to lean not on our, to lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, we to acknowledge Him, and He will direct our path. That's what Scripture tells us, and that's what we practice here on uh, Kingdom Empowerment Radio. Um, are we perfect? Absolutely not. And this is why we ask the Holy Spirit to come in and, and, and to uh, make those rough edges smooth, to give us new insight. Uh, we don't know it all here, and this is why we lean upon God for understanding. 
um, in our human frailty and in our lack of understanding. We ask God to illuminate his word. We ask God to, to help us in our understanding of scripture, uh, to understanding it uh, in its original language, in fact, um, Hebrew and, and Old Testament and New Testament Greek. So uh, what you're about to embark on is a journey. Um, and for all of those who are joining us for the first time, uh, we say thank you for joining us. God bless you. And we pray that this journey will be one of enlightenment. Uh, it will be Holy Spirit filled and, you will be, and that you will be truly edified by um, what the Lord is doing and more importantly saying to his people in this season. Tonight's topic, I want to address uh, deliverance from your valley of Acor. Deliverance from your valley of Acor. So all of those, uh, oh, and I also want to say, uh, please get a pen and paper because there's a lot of information here um, that I would love to share with you. Um, I want to say this, beloved. Uh, sin causes pain not just to the person who commits the sin, but also to those around them. For example, a man or woman who goes out and takes the life of another person, that person who they killed, that person has a family. That person has friends. And of course, this is an assumption on my part. Um, but if they don't, the person who committed the sin has family and has loved ones. And my point here is that that sin has a tendency of affecting other people. I want to say that again. Our sin causes pain to not just the sinner, but to those around them. And we have to really pay close attention to sin and what does sin mean according to a holy God? And why is God, in some accounts, very or it appears to be very harsh when it comes to uh, his children disobeying and committing sin? We have to understand something. In order to understand a holy God, a righteous God, we must understand the very nature and character of who he is. Number one, God is a spirit. And Jesus makes this very clear in John's gospel, uh, chapter 4, verse 24, when he says that God is a spirit. God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God, who is a spirit, and when we talk about the person of the Holy Spirit and, and, and when we talk about God, we have to understand that this God who is spirit is very much touched by the things that his people do. He's very much bothered and grieves over what his children do. And if I may, I would love to go to the scriptures and give you an example and as I just read to you in uh, verse 10 and uh, chapter 7 of uh, the book of Joshua, you can find that scripture, chapter 7, verse 10, uh, actually 10 through 12. 
And I'm going to read that again. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Israel hath sinned, and they also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they have taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen and dissembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore, except you destroy the accursed from among you. Verse 13 reads, Up, sanctify the people, and say, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in the midst of thee. O Israel, thou canst not stand before thine enemies until ye take away the accursed thing from among you. In the morning, therefore, ye shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord taketh shall come according to the families thereof, and the family which the Lord shall take shall come by households, and the household which the Lord shall take shall come man by man. Verse 15, and it shall be that he that is taken with the accursed thing shall be burnt with fire, he and all that he hath because he hath transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he hath wrought folly in Israel. So Joshua rose up early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought the family of Judah, and he took the family of the Zarhites, and he brought the family of the Zarhites man by man, and Zabdi was taken, and he brought his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zariah, and the tribe of Judah was taken. And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from thee. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils of a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold and 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them and behold, are hid in the earth and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers and they ran unto the tent and behold, it was hid in his tent and the silver under it. And they took him out of the midst of the tent and brought them unto Joshua and unto all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. Verse 24. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan and the son of Zarah and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his asses and his sheep and his tent and all that he had. And they brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger, wherefore the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor unto this day. Beloved, it is difficult. Many people who have read this scripture deemed the scripture rather harsh. 
Like, wow, Lord, stone them with stones and then you burn them with fire. Uh, where's the justice? Where, where is the compassion, Lord? Where's the mercy? Um, could there have been some sort of reconciliation? Uh, beloved, we have to understand something. Achan knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. Why? Because he hid the spoils, the goodly Babylonian garment, the 200 shekels of silver, the wedge of gold. He hid these things. See, if, if, he, if he knew, if what he was doing was just, and he knew in his own mind that what I'm doing is the right thing, then he would have never have hid those things. My point here is that what are we hiding from God that we think he doesn't see? What are we hiding? What, what, what goodly Babylonian garments and things are we hiding? Now, they don't necessarily have to be material things. Perhaps it's the lust of the flesh. Perhaps it's sin in some other way. And think that, oh, well, my church brothers and sisters don't really know what I'm doing. Uh, I do what I do on the down low. They don't really know. Um, well, they may not know, but God knows. And don't think for a minute that we can just live our life the way we want to live it and think that God is going to be okay with that. What we see here is a just God delivering just punishment. And not just that, but sending a very stern message. As, it, as the scripture reads, and it makes very clear, it says, And they raised over them a great heap of stones unto this day, so the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger, wherefore the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor unto this day. So that serves as a reminder of the sin of Achan and also God turning from his fierce anger. But it serves as a reminder to Israel that if you choose to go in that direction, there are stern consequences for your actions. And just know that uh, God, who is an all-seeing God, Okay, he's omnipotent, as we know. He's also omniscient, which means he's everywhere. He sees everything. His eyes, they, they see all. So if you think you're hiding something from God, if you think you can live a life that is less than holy, uh, if you think you can engage in a masquerade party and think that it's okay and that God doesn't know and that uh, uh, the church doesn't know, and uh, if you can live that kind of a secret life, uh, it's not really all that secret. It's not secret when it comes to things of uh, of the kingdom of God, because God knows. He sees. And it's only a matter of time before judgment comes your way. And as we see an example here, uh, uh, Achan taken of these things that were considered uh, accursed. And we have to value. A holy God requires holiness. This is why we're in the position we're in today. Because of the, the, the transgression of Adam, the transgression of Adam and Eve, and their decision, their choice to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, when God clearly made uh, made it very clear of what the consequences were, and we're faced with the same situation today. It comes down to simply making choices. We have a free will. God gave us a free will to make choices. So you uh, are very much. Uh, 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 open to making a decision whether to serve God or to serve your own way or to serve serve your own belly. 
to, to serve you the desires of your flesh. So when we look at this, God, even in his judgment, makes a way of escape, which is why I have to, uh, uh, titled this Deliverance from Your Valley of Achor. When we examine the Valley of Achor, uh, and number one, when we examine even the word Achor, A-C-H, excuse me, A-C-H-O-R, uh, in Hebrew, Achor means trouble or disturbance. Achor means disturbance or trouble. So in plain, simple English, God was, a, God was addressing the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was addressing trouble in the camp. He was, like, he was saying, in essence, I'm trying to do something through my servant Joshua, but Joshua, we have a problem. We have an enemy in our we have an enemy in our midst. So this is what the Lord says. Okay, all right. So what's the solution here? He says, get up, get up, get up from your sleep, get up from your bed early in the morning. What we're going to do is we're going to sanctify. Okay, get up and sanctify yourselves. We're going to make this right. So he God. You see, some people we look at the judgment, but we don't look at the mercy. God is giving mercy to His people by telling them to get up and to set themselves apart. He's getting up to tell them people to cleanse themselves, to make themselves right. There's an enemy in our camp. And, and, and let's deal with this enemy instead of not dealing with it. And I must say that even today, uh, there are lots of enemies even in our camp, but we don't want to address those enemies. We have people who are practicing witchcraft in the church, but we don't want to address this. For whatever reason, we're looking the other way. Why? Because those people practicing witchcraft in the church pay tithe. They keep the doors open. But what's more important, which is paying tithes or, or, or obeying a holy God? So these, goodly, so these goodly Babylonish garments and 200 shekels of silver and, 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 and gold wedges meant nothing. It, it was nothing. Do not allow for your belly to be your own destruction. And this is tragic. This is a tragic mindset. And we must love God more than those goodly things. We must love God more than mammon. We must love God more than money, possessions. We must love God more than people filling seats. And these people who are filling seats aren't serving God. They're not even fat. They're serving a different God. So we can't sweep witchcraft. We cannot sweep. Uh, 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 ungodliness and look the other way and think God is going to be okay with it. He's not going to be okay with it. And, and God blessed Joshua that Joshua obeyed God and he followed the instruction. And he and and Achan and and the tribe of Judah was brought before him. And this troublemaker, if you will, this. This, 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 uh, 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 because that's what uh, Joshua calls. He says, well, why is it, how is it that this thing that you did troubles us? It troubles God, and if it troubles God, it troubles us. So that's why, again, our sin affects other people. That is a, that is a, a very good example of that. So my brothers and sisters, when there was an enemy in the camp of God, 
We must address this immediately. I don't care how much they pay in tithes. I don't care how much influence they have. I don't even care what their name is. That person must be dealt with. I will not convene with a coven of witches if there's witchcraft in the church. Don't look the other way. Don't sweep it under the rug. Don't act like everything is okay and it's not. Because if you do that, then that makes you a witch. You're a cooperator. That makes you part of the problem instead of part of the solution. And God is telling us to get it together. He told him, he said, look, Israel, get it together. He said, oh, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves against, against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee. So he's telling us in order for him to continue to reside in our presence, in order for God to remain in their presence, they had to handle that problem. So if you think God is going to continue to stay with you and you are, you are practicing witchcraft and you are around witches and you know it's wrong and you know that their spirit is not right, if you think God is going to reside with you and stay with you, you are, you are mistaken. That's not even biblical. God is going to deal with you, and you think you're prospering now, and you think everything is okay now, but God has already made his decision concerning you. Now, can you repent and turn? Absolutely. Why? Because God's mind is infinite. His mercy is, is as infinite as he is, and he gives you an opportunity to turn while it is yet day. So, my, so my beloved, I just want to, again, address and I want to speak to the church. When I say church, I'm talking to people. I'm not talking to a building. I'm talking to people. Don't think that you can hide your wickedness from God and, and think he doesn't see it and think it's okay. Address this thing. Lord, take away the fear. Lord, I don't want, Lord, if I tell the people what I'm doing, how I'm living, Lord, they'll walk out. Well, do you know what? Maybe they were never for you in the first place. Let them walk. Because you're being real. You're saying, look, church, I don't have it all together. I did some things I'm not proud of. Help me. Pray for me. Don't condemn me. Pray for me. Pray for my soul. Pray that I get it right. Pray that I would be brought back into right relationship with God. Don't condemn me. Don't send me to hell. But pray for my soul. Pray that I get it right. And this is the problem. We're not praying for one another. And sometimes I doubt even if we even know how to pray. Do we know how to intercede for one another? Do we care to? Or are we so self-righteous that, 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 that we think, oh, we, hey, oh, you messed up. No, no, no. How dare you? No. Intercede. Lift one another up. This is what God is telling Israel to do. Get up. Pray. Intercede. Sanctify yourselves. Cleanse yourselves. Get this thing right. If you want me to continue to, to dwell with you, get it right. So, beloved, this is what God requires. He requires us to deal with these enemies in our camp, for which there are many. There are many enemies in our camp. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy. And it's not just about, sometimes it's not always about other people. Sometimes we create our own Achan. Sometimes we, in a lot of ways, we are aching. That's why we see this, this example in the scripture. 
And Lord, if there's any aching in me, if there's anything in me that is accursed, if there's anything in me that is not right with you, Lord, expose this thing in twenty in twenty eighteen. I don't want to live like I've been living. I want to get this right. I want to stand before God with my head held high on that day of judgment, where I can stand and say, Lord, I've I've done all I can do, Lord. I thank you for the life you've given me, Lord. I thank you for the talent you've given me. And, Lord, I stand before you, Lord, and I thank you, Lord. And I can stand here and say that, Lord, I've run the race. And what I long to hear personally is for the Lord to say, well done, well done. Hallelujah. My good and faithful servant. I long to hear that. And I'm sure many... Listeners long to hear that. So, beloved, there is deliverance in your valley of Achor. As God gives us an example, and he says, let this valley be a remembrance unto you of that trouble. Do not revert back to that mindset. Do not revert back to that place of disturbance and trouble. As I delivered you out of it, as I have turned away my fierce wrath from you, do not revert back to that place. Do not go back. Do not make the mistake of going back. So God gives us a very clear, very clear, he's a just God. He does not want to destroy us. He does not want us to, to be in a place of weeping and gnashing. He doesn't want us in hell. We have to understand something. There's a lot of people that, that don't understand what hell is about. I want to say that if you lack understanding with regards to what some people say, well, this is something that has been created uh, 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 by individuals, uh, but we don't seem to understand that a just God is not only just in his acknowledging the goodness and the, and the obedience of his children, but he's also quick to point out when we go wrong and what are the consequences. God does not take pleasure in punishing the wicked. He does not take pleasure in sending anyone to hellfire. But I must say, because we have a free will, we have a choice to make. So, this merciful, compassionate God is just. But understand this. If we go to hell, it is because we've made that decision ourselves to go there. It has nothing to do with God even wanting to send us there. We have a free will. We have now made a decision in our own heart that I don't want to follow God, that I want to follow my own way. In fact, I don't even believe in God. I've prayed, but he hasn't answered my prayer. So if he don't answer my prayer, he must not exist. Oh, he's something created by theologians and, 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 and learned people. That this God uh, is just one in many. That he is something that uh, man chooses to follow. But I want to say this as well. In order to understand scripture, in order to understand God, we must transcend from our own understanding 
into the supernatural. What do I mean by it? What do I mean by it? How can, because you can pick up this Bible, and many people have done it, by the way, and they're a lot more intelligent than I am. And they know the scriptures. They know the scriptures. They've studied. They've, in fact, they've gone to college. They've taken uh, uh, religion courses, and many of them are, are, are well-respected in the field of religion, teachers, professors, very knowledgeable, but no Holy Spirit, no divine insight, no revelation, no power, but knowledgeable, wise. Wisdom in education is a good thing. It's a good thing. But when we talk about knowledge and wisdom according to the ways and thoughts of God, that's something completely different. Man can be knowledgeable and wise in his own way. But when it comes to the mind of God, that is where we, <laughs> that's where we separate. Because as finite thinking human beings, we can't fathom an infinite holy God. A spirit full of grace and truth. And how do we understand such things? Well, we have to pray for spiritual understanding. We have to ask. Ask, say, Lord, I've had some understanding and some teaching, and people have shared with me. I'm still in the dark on this. I still don't quite understand. And 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 I, I need to know you more. But I'm stuck. And there's a lot of people stuck in their faith. And they feel like the walls are closing in. And they feel unfulfilled. There's something lacking. There's something missing. Uh, it, it, it's, it's merely doing it. And it's nothing more than that. Well, that's not what the God of the Holy Bible has called us to. And if we can just... Take the time to get beyond ourselves, get beyond what we think we know, peel back the layers of religion, and say, Lord, come into my heart and illuminate your word in the spirit and not according to the understanding of man. Now you're getting somewhere. Now you're asking God to come in and transform your thinking. And how does this happen? Does not happen overnight? And maybe sometimes it does. I'm sure there are testimonies where God comes in and, and begins to shift our thinking and understanding and brings revelation and takes us to another level in him. He will do this if you ask. If you say, Lord, take me higher, deeper into my understanding. And he will open up heaven to you. And he will begin to show himself true. He will begin to take you to places you never expected and will begin to use you mightily for his glory. So I want to say that it's not just stones in the valley of Achor. It's not just remembrance because, yes, we need to remember so <laughs> we don't make the same mistakes over and over again. But there is also healing in your valley of trouble. There's restoration in your valley. There's peace, the shalom of God in your valley. And there are a lot of people out there even now who are hurting 
We just finished the holiday season. There's a lot of people that look at that time of year as, as trouble, family, family troubles. Or maybe you don't have many family members. Maybe you're alone. And you see on television and you see people going to and from and with big bags and presents and you feel alone. You feel unloved, rejected. Well, I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ is a way of escape. Here on Kingdom Empowerment Radio, we preach Jesus. We preach the character of Christ. We preach the nature of Jesus Christ, the very essence of Jesus Christ. Why? Because this is what people need to hear. Don't give me a Jesus on a stained glass window or, 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 or drawn on a wall somewhere. That's Jesus according to man's understanding. Give me the Jesus of the Holy Scriptures where there's no description. But there's a Jesus who is meek, a Jesus who has authority, a Jesus who is all-powerful, but coming to us as a man, touched with the feelings of our infirmities, the Jesus who heals, the Jesus who delivers, the Jesus who resurrects, because he is the resurrection. He is the bread of life. He is God. He is very God of very God, manifested in human form to deliver us, to save us from ourselves, to save us from sin, to bring us back into right relationship with the Holy God, to tear the veil of separation between man and God, to come into our lives and to, and, 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 and to transform us by the power of the Holy Spirit, to bring us to another level of our understanding in Christ and in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we know of you. But now we want to know you for ourselves. We want to have a relationship with you. We don't want to just hear about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We want to have a, we want to have a relationship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. My brothers and sisters, it is important in this time, in this hour, in this season that we demonstrate Christ. Not merely talk about him. Not merely uh, 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 give lip service to who Christ is. You know, there are times even again, uh, during Christmas, and you know, we talk about the baby in the manger, and that baby in the manger is risen. He is risen. He is no longer a baby. He came, yes, as a man. He was born of the Holy Spirit. He is risen. He doesn't really. When we see the nativity scenes, they're nice and warm and cute and all and fuzzy. And, 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 and we see three wise men there. And, and, you know, and I've talked about this before. The tradition teaches us there's three wise men. Well, scripture doesn't. Let's not get caught up in the religion of who Jesus is. But let's have a real encounter with Jesus. It is approximately 8.09 p.m. I would like to open up the phone lines for any questions or comments on tonight's subject. Deliverance from your valley of acor. Deliverance from your valley of trouble. At this time, I would like to open up the phone lines for anyone who would like to comment 
or add to in some way, or even if there's someone on the line who is in need of prayer, uh, we're also here to pray for you, to encourage you, uh, to lift you up. If you're feeling down, if you're hurt, if you're hurting, maybe uh, uh, you want me to pray for uh, uh, someone else. Maybe you're not in need of prayer, but there's someone who is in need of prayer. So again, I would like to open up the phone lines at this time for anyone who has any questions or comments at this time. Caller, you're on the air. Hello, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hi, God bless you, man of God. I just want to first say good evening uh, and to all those who are Kingdom Empowerment Radio Program. Uh, This is really, truly an amazing uh, topic, uh, and I think it's very relevant. Not only is it relevant, but it's uh, as relevant as it comes when it comes to time. Um, and this is a message that uh, that's never um, one to become stale, if you will. And so, uh, yes, I totally agree with you when you're mentioning um, that we have to walk in holiness and righteousness. And um, what I have to say basically is a statement. Walking in holiness and righteousness this is something that God has never changed his mind about. Uh, it's the very essence and nature of who God is. And uh, truly, that's how we know that we of a certainty are God's own is because uh, we are holy and, and we're righteous. And that's one of the things that makes us distinguished from, from other things. And, uh, you know, why I like this story so much, why I like this story so much because it, it relates to today, modern vernacular, it relates today uh, of how we uh, uh, treat the things of God. And, and we have to know that this is the same God we're still dealing with. You know, the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. He's, he's immutable. He changed not. And what happened is that uh, because we're now in a dispensation of grace, there are many people who abuse the grace. They abuse the grace, and, and that's why I love what Apostle Paul says, how much more shall we sin that grace may abound? Uh, mm. Certainly not, you know, because the same God that that judged uh, uh, Achan and his family and it was in the camp, it's the same God as today. But what happened is that we bring this new age mentality or movement in the church and think that God is supposed to endorse it because he's a God of grace. And, and, and then we begin to use our phrases like, well, don't judge me, and, uh, you know, grace. And, yes, yes, he is a God of grace. And I'm glad that you mentioned the word mercy because I was going to bring that up because we have to look at it from two different perspectives and spectrums, and I won't take long. Uh, but there's, there's one portion of this where you see that yes, God is a God of grace and mercy and I'm happy that you brought that up because we don't want to sound too critical. Uh, We want people to understand God in his entire nature, in its entirety. God is number one love above above all else. And even when you look at judgment, judgment is a result of love because he does not want you to go in the wrong direction. So when people say, oh, don't judge me, no, that's love speaking to you. Love is saying you don't know what's best for you. That's right. You think you know what's good for you logically, but spiritually it's killing you. So when they say, oh, don't judge me, no, no, we're not judging you in a condescending, condemning way. 
we're trying to restore you back to your original state. Hey. You know, but it's really how it's delivered. And so I'm glad that you brought the, 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 the word mercy because really mercy and grace is the success of the gospel. Mm. Because I'm going to say that again. Mercy yeah, and grace is the success of the gospel because if there was no grace and mercy, then guess what? We would all be dead. We would all be condemned. But because while we were yet sinners, Christ would die for us. Right? Sure. And, and he didn't count it as robbery. And, and so I thank God for the grace and the mercy. But here's the flip side of it, and this is what people need to realize. We're not saying that people won't mess up. We're not saying that we're perfect in, in a way where we are without mishap and fault or mistake. We're not saying that people don't have their testimonies and their stories. That's not what we're saying, uh, because we will fall short at some point. The Bible says our righteousness is, is as filthy rags, and we're nothing without God unless he enables us and regenerates our spiritual man. We can't live successfully uh, in a lifestyle of holiness. We can't walk circumspect without the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. That's right. Right? So that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that God does not like when we are presumptuous in our sins. Mm. Presumptuous. So he's not saying that we won't fall because a righteous man falls seven times. Mm. But it, it's it's the matter of you getting back up. And we That's even true. see that with Israel, with the children of Israel, they constantly fell in sin. They constantly rebelled against God. They constantly uh, partnered and covenanted with the pagans. They constantly did the wrong thing. But because of his mercy, that's why Christ came in. He was a success. He was the ultimate finisher of the gospel. Yes. He's the epitome of the full and the gospel and its fullness. But it's the presumptuous sin that God does not like. That you stand in the face of God and say, okay, you know what? Because I know I have grace and mercy, I'm just going to make a little boo-boo and expect God to be my janitor, and I'm going to go ahead and let him clean it up. Oh, God, clean this up. Oh, God, I had sex with so-and-so. God, clean that up. Oh, God, I need you to clean that up. That's not, no, we don't order God around. Mm, right. As if we're commanding him. That's right. That's not what we do. We still have to have fear and godly reverence for the things of God. I'm so sorry if I'm taking up too much of time. I'll be one more minute. I promise. No, no. That's okay. Take your time. And, and, and we have to realize that God is, again, is a God of judgment. He's also a God of love. Right? And, and, and we're not to be presumptuous in the sin. That's what, that's what he doesn't like. And if right. you sin unknowingly, then live a lifestyle of repentance. It's just that simple. And, and yeah. so, yes, with the story of Achan, this is a perfect example of what we're, of how we're to, to live uh, and, and not to just bring anything uh, uh, in the house of God or in the presence of God and think that he's going to endorse it because there's grace. No, there's no sin that goes unpunished. And, and that's what I want to say in closing. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Thank you so much. No, no, thank you, woman of God. I uh, presumptuous sin. Yeah, as you as you were as you were talking, I'm, I was just taking some notes and and writing down what you were talking about. And uh, presumptuous sin. That's right, uh, because we're under grace. And 
Um, so it's okay. I can do this. Why? Because God will forgive me. I'm under grace, and and there's no uh, there's no limit upon uh, the grace of God. We understand that. Um, and you mentioned uh, holiness and the importance of holiness in the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. And we know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And and we we have to understand, as I had shared earlier. What does it mean to be holy? What does it mean to be righteous? Not in your own uh, way of understanding what righteousness and holiness is, but according to the understanding of God. And, and you mentioned mercy and grace is the uh, success of the Bible. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that correct? Success of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, I, all of that. And unfortunately, there are many of us that that are of that mindset that we can go about this uh, presumptuously and think it's okay. Uh, well, <laughs> you're wrong. It's not okay. Uh, you know, even in some way in looking at uh, uh, the life of Achan, the Bible doesn't really talk too much about him except uh, in this particular uh, scripture here. You know, I often wonder, you know, for God to 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 deal with Achan in such a way, uh, was there even something um, that God says, okay, all right, he's done this sort of thing before. Uh, this appears to be a character flaw. Uh, I've given him many times, uh, many opportunities to repent. But uh, he's not learning, so this is going to be his portion. The uh, Bible doesn't say all that. But, you know, just a thought. Uh, one thing we have to really understand that uh, when God is talking about things that are apart from him, uh, things that are considered to be unholy or cursed, uh, he, requires the, he required the holiness of Israel. He required that the people follow him and, and, and to adhere to the, uh, the, the regulations and, and the commandments and the laws. So, uh, a holy God, as we have been talking about for the past uh, um, uh, over 45 minutes now, is that he is a God who requires, again, holiness. He requires us to, when we do fall, that we get up, as the scripture says, and that we sanctify ourselves before him, that we repent, as you said, woman of God, and that we go to him uh, with a broken and a contrite heart, that we, not, not a heart that, that, that's sorry that we got caught, but a heart that is really sincere in its repentance. So it's one thing to repent. It's another thing just to give it lip service and say, Lord, okay, I'm sorry. You know, I got caught, you know, so forgive me. No. Do you have the mind of God? Do you see sin as God sees it? That's the difference. When you look at, when I say you, I'm talking about all of us now. I'm not picking on anyone. When we sin, whatever it is, against God, and we begin to see God and that sin, and we, and we begin to break down, and we are laid out on the floor, for some weeping, 
and, and we're just groaning. And, and as the scripture says, you cover yourself with sackcloth and ashes. I don't think none of us do that today. But the point here is that there is real uh, 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 travail. There's real anguish, brokenness over what we have done. And we're, Lord, forgive me, Lord. I'm, and even the apostle Paul said it. He says, Lord, Lord, who shall deliver me from this body of death? this body of unholiness and unrighteousness, Lord. And, and I'm talking about just, I, I, I'm thinking about it myself, and I'm thinking of everything I've done. And when you think of what God has taken you out of, how he has parted red seeds on your behalf, how he has delivered you, how he has brought you to this place where you are now. Maybe some of you have been homeless. Maybe some of you have been sick in your physical bodies. Maybe some of you have been uh, uh, possessed with demons, and, and God has delivered you, and he's brought you in the presence of ministers who could help you, and God has made a way of escape, and, and, and you sin against him, and, and, and you just say, Lord, oh God, after everything you've done, I'm sorry, and you just break down. That's what I'm talking about in repentance. And you are just, and, I'm, and I feel even in my spirit, I feel broken to the point where I feel like I'm tearing up right now. Everything, Lord, you, you've blessed me with, Lord, I have complained, I have murmured, Lord, I have, I have not been everything you required me to be, Lord. I've even argued over my assignment, Lord. I said, Lord, I hate this assignment, Lord. I'm sick and tired of this building and these people, Lord. They don't know you, Lord, and they're going their own way, Lord, and I just feel like I'm not really getting anywhere in this place, and I'm going in circles. And But even in that, I have to say thank you, Lord. But, Lord, I, I, even in my groaning, I have to say thanks. Even in my sorrow, even in my tears, Lord, I, I have to say thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for this opportunity to serve you. And, and, and it's amazing. We don't see it then, but when we reflect back at it, and we say, Lord, thank you for an assignment that allows me to pay my rent, that allows me to give to your kingdom, that allows me to, to be able to even minister to those around me. Some of you may not have the best job. Some of you may not be happy where you're at. Some of you may have issues in your home. Maybe the husband's not acting right. The wife is not acting right. The kids are, 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 are wayward, going here, going there. God can make a way of escape. He's a deliverer, and he can deliver us out of our trouble. He can deliver us out of these difficult circumstances. Beloved, it is approximately uh, 8.25. We have about five minutes left in the program. If there's anyone on the line uh, who needs prayer or who would like to uh, add to what's already been said, please, by all means, you're on the air. God bless you. Any closing comments at this time? If not, I'll continue. Yes, I have a closing comment. Um, I want to say to those who may uh, go back and listen to this archive or hear this this powerful, wonderful teaching um, that, uh, you know, God God is a God that uh, he's not one to condemn you. I want to say that. I want to say that for someone who may feel like, that they're not able to be redeemed because there are many people out there that feel that way. And why am I bringing this this up? Recently there was something on social media, perhaps we can discuss it some other time, 
But there was something that was on social media where this, this one young woman who was giving her testimony uh, to the church uh, concerning the things that she used to do. Now, she didn't use the best language. It was vulgar language and uh, how the church would approach it, as well as I do understand the woman was giving her testimonies. And she felt that she was um, at a place where she was just repenting or crying out to God and giving her testimony of saying how God has been good to her. Um, and then there was a lot of different backlash concerning concerning that because she was denied the opportunity to give her testimony. Uh, and so um, there are some people who feel like that the, the, the church is not understanding enough or they're, we're not relatable enough because we're dealing with real issues. And if I come to church all the time, the, the only thing I'm going to hear is about hell and sin and condemnation. But I want to say to those people that God is still God of standard, yes, and that will not change, and we cannot change our doctrine, neither will we do it to appease anyone's flesh. But That's what right. we will do is we will, be, we will understand and allow you to testify. We will allow you to, or God rather, will allow you to, to understand his nature. And in doing so, the more and more you understand the nature, the more you will take off the old man and put on the new man. So, yes, it's a process. But I want you to know you're not condemned, and you still can come into the saving grace of God. And it doesn't matter how bad you are or how bad you think you are or how bad you think you've sinned. There's no sin uh, that's greater than God's mercy. God's mercy is greater than your sin. It has the ability to supersede your sin. So you can still come in. You don't have to feel like the church, is, we can't relate to you. And I just wanted to say that in closing. But, yes, God is a God of standards still, and that will not change. And I want to say that in closing. God bless you. Thank you so, very, so much for your time and the wonderful teaching. Have a blessed night. Woman of God, thank you. Thank you for your sharing. And, uh, yes, God is a God of standards, and that, ha- that will never change. And as, you, as the woman of God said, the, uh, the God that we serve, is a God of restoration, and he gives us an opportunity. As, as we read, uh, he gives us a chance to, to make it right, to come before him, to wash ourselves clean, to, 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 get, to, to get back into right relationship with him. And, uh, yes, uh, 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 I, I saw that, that footage, and... Um, I never want to deprive anyone an opportunity to appear human, dare I say, to others. Um, It is for the benefit of the kingdom of God that we are open and candid with one another. Uh, Some of us, our past is very graphic, and it may have been some people, but there are some people that need to hear this. And as graphic as it may be, as offensive as some of the language may be, that is their reality, and we are not to deprive them of their reality. Who are we to do such a thing? So I would never deprive someone of the opportunity to explain where they came from, because truth be told, a lot of us came from very dark places. 
And we have to also understand that Jesus sat with sinners, okay? The scripture tells us so that he sat with prostitutes, okay? And if uh, memory serves me correctly here, he, uh, he spoke into the life of an adulterous woman. So we, too, have a responsibility to sit with those folks, to sit with those who are unclean, who've done horrible things, who have engaged uh, in horrible acts. And prostitution, yes, absolutely. And we, we're, we're more than just individuals who provide spiritual support and prayer and healing and deliverance. We're counselors. And when you counsel people, they're going to tell you some things. They're going to be like, whoa, why did you go there? No, that's their testimony. And maybe some, you know, a little rough around the edges in their presentation. But let them have their say. Now, there may be some that disagree with me on that, and that's fine. You're entitled. But I want people to get deliverance from the things that they used to do. And if it means they have to be a little raw, and then that brings deliverance and closure, God bless them. You know, I'll certainly make sure there are no children around, that's for sure. Uh, uh, you know, certainly things, you know, come out, and, and maybe they're unexpected, and there may be some young people around who, you don't want to expose to those things, and, and certainly uh, 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 we address that in a humane way, in a civil way, in a loving way, so that we don't discourage people from sharing their testimony. Um, but that's where I want to leave it. Uh, we can certainly pick up this where we left off uh, tonight. Uh, very, thank you, woman of God, once again. Thank you, Dr. Ganny. Uh, thank you, Mr. Ganny, for for, again, uh, Kingdom Empowerment Radio, and for the listeners, uh, God bless you, uh, new and uh, old listeners alike, God bless you, thank you. Um, I'm your host uh, every second and fourth uh, Monday of each week, of each month, excuse me, uh, Chaplain Kevin Graves, it is a pleasure being with you, and I hope this was of assistance. I really hope that this uh, helped uh, my brothers and sisters who are listening and uh, please go back into the archives and listen to Kingdom Empowerment Radio. There's a lot of good teaching, not just from myself, but from our other hosts as well. Uh, Prophetess uh, McLean uh, is a very, very good uh, uh, teacher, as well as prophet of the Bible. Uh, God is using her mightily. Go into the archives. There's other uh, hosts as well who have impacted Kingdom Empowerment uh, greatly. And we really want this to be a family-like atmosphere. Uh, for, for the listeners. We want to keep it real with you. Um, why? Because there's no other way to do it. We have to keep it real with you. We don't want to be so religious that we can't identify with real problems, real issues. So we want to address the spiritual. We also want to address uh, the natural needs, the holistic needs as well, because uh, there are people out there who are hurting and they may just need somebody to talk to. They may not necessarily want to hear anything about Jesus, but they just need somebody to talk to. They need someone who's going to take the time to care enough to, to listen to what they have to say. So on that note, um, if you would like to contact me, uh, any additional questions or comments, please feel free. My email address is pkw, my last name, graves, at gmail.com. Again, that's pkwgraves at gmail.com for any additional questions or comments or prayer requests. Uh, by all means, God bless you. May God continue to bring you higher in him according to the spirit 
not according to man's understanding, but according to the understanding of the Creator. And I thank you once again for joining us on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. God bless you and continue to move forward in new revelation and in power in 2018. God bless you. Have a good night. And I'm looking forward to uh, continuing uh, these segments with you in the near future. God bless you and have a good night. Bye now. <laughs>